365. The fantasy season never dies. Welcome to Every Day is Draft Day. Presented by Champions Round. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Every Day is Draft Day, episode I have no idea. I'm your host, Dan Turner. Joining me, as always, Steffi Smalls. What is up, Steffi? Hello. I also think we might only be on YouTube right now. I don't know what's going on on Twitter. So if you guys are seeing this a little bit later, that's fine. Since the broadcast is not available, it doesn't matter because the show is going to go on. Because I'm ready for a couple of rants. Last week, we were down the dumps. This is going to be a classic Dan and Steph show. It's going to be great. Classic. That's what people want. That's what people are going to get. So starting off, you know, fantasy playoffs are uh, here. You know, fantasy regular season is over with. Thank God. Uh, so, what was uh, what was some takes that you had for uh, some some takeaways for for this year in fantasy? I think one thing that we have to comment on though is can, we all we should all right now it, it's very therapeutic to just realize that you will probably lose in the playoffs due to all this COVID stuff. Like that will probably happen. It's heading in that direction. Uh, the list keeps getting longer. Uh, it seems like it's like a group of this team, that team, so some teams are maybe doing a better job controlling it than others are. Uh, I thought it was, it's not funny, but Higgy had it false, uh, false positive. So how many people lost even their chance to go to the playoffs off of that? But just be prepared even, you know, to lose moving forward because you can't control if Cooper Cup ends up getting it, Cooper Cup ends up getting it, and then you lose in the next round. Sorry. that. I'm sorry. Why would you even put that out there? Because OBJ has it. Because he thought that COVID and him had mutual respect. Just as long as Matthew Stafford doesn't have it. That's all that matters. See, but here's the thing. So I have a question for you. You asked me a question. And this is how it goes where I'm like, no, I don't want to answer your question. I'm going to ask my own question. So are you going to lean towards playing like uh saturday players over sunday players in case god forbid something happens who plays on saturday uh they're big games chiefs Uh, yeah then absolutely Uh uh-huh yeah so i i'd rather with the way it's going um especially like the 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 high profile like the high like fancy scoring teams um i'm definitely you know not gonna risk it for for sunday uh, if I have the players available that play a Saturday, I'm putting them in the majority of my lineups um, and worrying about it later because I'd rather, you know, maybe get a little less points from, from someone uh, than getting it, uh, risking getting no points from a guy that can't play Sunday for whatever reason. So I'm definitely right. going to prior- prioritize uh, the Saturday games uh, if I have them uh, on my right. roster over Sunday. Yeah, I think that has to happen too. And it stinks because it may not be the option that you want, but you'll be so much more upset if you end up having one of those guys that you hung on to for a Monday or Sunday and they end up not being able uh, to play because of COVID. And all these protocols don't really seem like they have any actual, there's no, they're kind of just all over the place. So I don't even know who's considered close contact, who's not considered close contact. But from the year as a whole, I think that zero RB people are happy, right? I I think I'm very happy. I mean, I'm happy, but... I don't want it to turn into like, oh, well, you know, everyone was hurt. So, of course, the, the zero running back guys are right because that's that's not – you can't be a zero running back guy and say like, oh, I knew that such and such was going to get hurt because then you just sound like a moron and it hurts like the zero running back. Uh, right. Hard, well, there's a fine line between, oh, I do zero running back and – or 
oh, I victory lap every injury yeah. ever in yeah, that's... the history of the league. Like, there's right. a totally different fine line right there between the two. Um, I think that there is something to handcuffing players. And I think we're going to see a lot of it, whereas mm-hmm. some of these guys that were handcuffed slipped a lot lower. Now you have a year that RBs obviously were very plagued in the league. So we might see things shift a little bit as far as ADP goes next year. Uh, yeah. But then again, like the year before, it was the tight ends that were a problem, right? So mm-hmm. every year we kind of have this issue. And I think the point is that zero RB is – a it's – outside of injuries right i think one thing that that came from excuse me that came from this year i thought was interesting how you, you mentioned handcuffing you know how people usually handcuff you know running backs now people are starting to handcuff like you know qbs and and receivers too like you handcuff like someone like van jefferson you know who who turned out he was doing okay but now with robert woods being out even with odell there you know he had a big game uh, last night so you have guys like that where you would normally, you know, put them in, in on your rosters, but now because players are either getting hurt or aren't available, or even someone like Taysom Hill, you know, who wasn't starting, but you know he was getting a couple of points a game, and, and with the state of how some of the uh, positions are, like you had to do that this year. So I think it was really interesting that you know you always hear people talk about you know handcuffing running backs, you know, with like say like Dalvin Cook and Madison and such and such, uh, but this year you saw a lot more you know handcuffing of other, other positions as well. Yeah, and you have to, especially, you know, all, all the positions, wide receiver too, tight end. This is like the way, I think it's shifting a little bit, whereas in the past, even myself, I don't know that I ever really handcuffed the way I did moving into this year, the way, you know, even I started to panic, Saquon, week two, I'm picking up Booker because I'm nervous. I, if he were to go down and someone else picks him up, what are you doing? How are you filling that spot? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a random, you know, me going off the rails a little bit here is someone that I want to give a shout out to this year uh, is Kirk Cousins a little bit because Kirk Cousins is the prime example of, you know, everyone says he's good for football. He's good for regular football. The dude is QB eight. Okay. Right now he is QB eight as it stands. Um, and he has fought through bad OC, bad coaching. Um, and there's no way people had Kirk Cousins up that high. Um, he's putting up career stats. So it just shows how unpredictable this entire game is. Absolutely. No, 100%. I think that uh, someone like that is <laughs> someone like that is 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 exactly what, what, what you're talking about. It's a guy that, you know, not a lot of people talk about, but that kind of steady production that you really haven't gotten a lot this year from anybody, really. I mean, you have people that you're in healthy, like even this past week, you had someone like Terry McLaurin, who was a wide receiver one in a lot of people's eyes, like going into the season, and he played and he got no points at all. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're just you're just looking for anyone that can give you that, that can, like, this year was literally like the floor year. Like the guys right. that can give you that floor, like those are the people that, you you have you know going to the playoffs unless you have someone like Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup who score like a million points a game then you probably win the playoffs too. Uh, right, and those, Kirk also he presents the argument for here I am interrupting you, but that's nothing new, so it's whatever. Uh, is, is Kirk legit. also presents uh, you know this argument for stacking players? This is something that I wasn't that into, um, mm-hmm. you know, going into the season, but he's got Justin Jefferson right now sitting at wide receiver two before Thielen got hurt. Okay. Um, he was wide receiver seven. He's still wide receiver 18, despite that injury. Like 
talk about stacking. And mm -hmm. uh, some of these guys, they're just if they're a competent offense that moves quickly, that puts up a lot of points, that's a little bit consistent, that's where you see the value too. And I think that's something that, at least for me, I learned is stacking is sometimes worth it. It just depends on the quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for joining us, Abe. Appreciate Yay. you being here. Yeah, but Abe was one of the winners of the giveaway. He found me at the Detroit game. So oh, shout awesome. out to Abe. Awesome. You got to meet Steph in person. I feel so bad for you. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was on my best behavior. I bet. I'm sure you were. Uh, but yeah, it's very interesting that you that you say that with stacking QBs because you had someone like a couple of years ago with Bridgewater in Carolina where he had those all those receivers were really good, but he wasn't the guy as good as you thought he'd be with the kind of numbers that the receivers were putting up. So it really just depends on what kind of quarterback, like you said, like uh, you can you know find. But someone like that is is a perfect. Uh, a reason to, to look at stacking and not maybe having it as a viable strategy as opposed to maybe not liking to do it as much. Whereas then, you, you know, we could bring Dak into the conversation and then we're all like, uh, no, because he's been disappointing people a little bit. But still, I think there is, there's definitely something for stacking, but yeah. then it's like stacking on top of the handcuff, right? Like right. there's this, this argument for having Dak, having CD or Amari, but also, also having Gallup. Like, so that's where you can maybe be strategic in your drafting if you're going to do that stacking method. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just have to, you know, it just takes like, everything else. It's, it's a viable strategy. You just got to make sure that uh, if you plan on utilizing it to just do it, you know, correctly, like any other strategy. But it's definitely so something else you can put in the, in the toolbox uh, going forward. Uh, Joey Wright with a question. How are you guys feeling about Waddle the rest of season? I love him. We love him here. We love him. We, this we is are a waddle. lovers. This is a uh, waddle. waddle. It's definitely a waddle program. We need shirts to say we love waddle. You know what I love more too, and we're seeing across the league um, with Burrow and Chase, with uh, Hertz and Smith, is there is something to be said about uh, chemistry, and obviously they're proving us all correct. Tua mm -hmm. is finally on this up mend. I'm still expecting him to somehow mess up because I. I'm not quite there. I need him to finish the season strong, and I'll be sold. I, I'm not. I'm not fully there. I'm waiting for Tua to be Tua a little bit. But Waddle the rest of the season, regardless, even when Tua's not playing the greatest, it doesn't matter because his his eyes are always on Waddle downfield. Absolutely. And just take a look at Waddle's schedule the rest of the year. He has the Jets coming up. Uh, so it's the Jets, uh, New Orleans, which is 30th against receivers, then Tennessee, which is all 32nd against receivers. So, I mean, that's really like the best possible postseason. Very favorable. Matchup you can ask for. So, yeah, definitely, definitely really high on Waddle. Uh, he's definitely established himself as the premier receiver in that offense. And with Tua improving, you know, since the beginning of the season, uh, definitely ride him the rest of the year. Don't, don't even think about you know, sitting in for any reason. Mm -hmm. And they're both kind of getting a little more comfortable too, right? And they don't have the best line. Like Waddle is someone that I'm definitely, I went after a lot, especially in best ball, maybe a little bit more than I did in my drafts. But like he's someone I would be targeting for sure next year because I'm sure they will address the line. It should improve because um, I think that that is hindering a little bit of how, what their ceiling could be. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, Abe coming back in with another question. How many QBs are you willing to roster for the playoffs with all the COVID cases coming out recently? In a 12 team, probably two. I'd say two. I'm I think... screwed in a couple. I sneak. I got into a couple 
I because I did this zero R uh, QB thing in a bunch of mm-hmm. leagues, and like in two of them, people picked up on it. They probably look at my tweets and stuff, and they're like, "No, screw you, Steph." Mm-hmm. So then they went and picked up all the backups. So I just yeah. put in, and you know, someone's gonna hear it now, bit me. But I I put <laughs> the rest of my money, so you guys are not gonna be able to get. It. But even like Huntley, like I just put in a crap load of money for him. I'm okay with. I think two are. I think two is solid at this yeah. point. Um, also, because it's possible to win without QBs. As much as everyone tells you it's not, it very much is. Because I promise you, all of my leagues I went zero QB are going to the playoffs. Well, isn't that a humble brag if I ever saw one? Well, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm not going to the playoffs in a lot of leagues. <laughs> uh-huh. But you didn't mention those, did you? Um, no, also, I mean, for various reasons, because yeah. I trusted guys I shouldn't have trusted. And right. then it, the injuries also sucked. It is. It's the trust issues. It gets all yeah. of us. Right. It all depends, uh, Abe, how many QBs are like on the waiver wire that are worth it. I'm assuming that like a lot of teams don't, like you know have one or two QBs at, uh, to start with. So it really all depends on on, on who's uh, who's left available. If you have someone like like a, like a Daniel Jones or a Taysom Hill, then and obviously like pick him up, you know, just in case. Um, there's like a Zach Wilson, maybe a, a Davis Mills, another option. You know, those guys. You know, if you have the space for them, sure. You know, grab them. Just you know. Just in case, rather have them and not eat them than don't have them and get that zero. So that's what I would suggest. I think it kind of depends too on what's available, right? If there's better RB options than the backup QBs, at some point it might be better to just like not. If even you have the, the fifth string running back from the uh, from the Jaguars available, probably pick him up because yeah. he might be starting. Even, I don't even know how we got how all of us got through the freaking season with all these injuries. Austin Eckler. And even he's hurt now. That's how. Well, we started the we started the season off ETN, Dobbins, this, that. Like it's so ridiculous. In my home league, I drafted ETN. Was it seventh round? Two days after he got hurt, I'm like, this is going to be one of those years. And oh, it yeah. was more than that. It was worse than <laughs> one of those years. But yeah, that's the end for the question, Abe. All right, it switching gears a little bit. Uh, before we switch gears to uh, the, the boosted players, we're going to do a little uh, little contest, this week's contest for Everyday Draft Day. So the rules are, you have to create and fill a private foosball league, DM us with confirmation of the creation of the league, for your chance to win a mystery box with goodies from some of the best running backs in the NFL. So you have to DM, DM us the phrase, Saturday is the new Sunday, for your chance to win a Raiders or Browns mystery box. So you have two chances to win. They create a, and fill a private foosball league. DM us, for, DM us for confirmation to enter. And then DM us the phrase, Saturday is the new Sunday for a chance to win Raiders or Browns mystery box full of wonderful goodies. Okay. So there we go. That was well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I wish that we thought of something a little bit more creative to get you to really say, but I will allow it. I was with some of the other phrases you've asked me to say this past year. This was very tame. What was my favorite? What? Oh my gosh! I have to think of it. Well, Actually, I think to round the year out, I am going to have to clip up you and all your little phrases. Please don't. Yeah. Please don't. If you awesome. if you care about me as a human at all, you won't do that. <laughs> all right. So we're going to do some boost ball players uh, now. We're going to over some of the most boosted players in our boost ball uh, game on the Champions Round app. You should check that out if you haven't. I have a couple of wonderful games uh, still going on. If you missed the playoffs in your uh, in your other leagues, you can check us out and 
continue playing until the season's yeah. over. That's, a, that's so fun, too. Like, you're fun. out. That's okay. It's so much it's fun. It's fine. Just... Head on over. You can still play. Yeah, absolutely. Come on over. There's plenty of room on board. Red Rover, Red Rover. Come on. What's that? I don't know. I never played that game. Whatever. Uh, all right. So Dan Steph, didn't have a childhood, so I'm not sure. I went to Catholic school. I really didn't. <laughs> It was, I didn't play anything like that. I, I missed out on so much. It was sad. Okay, move on. Moving on. All right. What is your first uh, most boosted player you want to talk about? Oh, so I think I followed the rules a little bit wrong, but did, the probably. first one I do want to talk about it was boosted a lot, and it was Justin Jefferson. Okay. He was way up there. Again, you know, I went on my Kirk Cousins spiel. I went on my Justin Jefferson spiel. Uh Kirk is literally having a career high year statistically. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think anyone really expected that. And you can see Jefferson directly, uh, you know, benefiting from that. And you can see their chemistry almost getting there too. But Justin Jefferson had some high weeks, especially towards the end of this, this uh, year here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was the 11th most boosted player with 59 uh, instances of being boosted. So that's pretty good. Uh, Pretty good for him. Sounds like he needs to be boosted a little bit more. Looking through the list, honestly, I was surprised by. I was too. So I have a couple where I was surprised by who wasn't boosted. Right. All right. So let me let me do one of mine. Uh, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about Alexander Madison, which is actually one of the surprising ones. Uh, we also are a pro Viking show as of right now. Okay. I guess we're making decisions like that now. All right. <laughs> Because our product, yeah, we spent so, at least three percent of the show talking about the Vikings. We did so okay. by the rules, we, we must be favorites now. <laughs> so obviously, you know, he was the twenty-sixth most, most boosted player with sixteen uh, boosts, and obviously, you know, those are the weeks that Dalvin Cook wasn't playing. Uh, he had some solid weeks, uh, but overall, he kind of underperformed uh, based on what was expected of him um, in that offense. So I think the people that did boost him probably wish they didn't. Honestly. I have I have another bone to pick too. Go ahead, pick your bones. Okay, I'm ready. Um, you know who didn't get boosted enough at all? And I don't know why. I don't know if it's that everyone was expecting him to every week to not do what he's done the entire season. Or oh. Daryl Patterson. Why was he only boosted sixteen times? I don't know. I need he to know. I need to know what point. you need from him. I, I, that's the one that surprised me because he, he got boosted just as much as Alexander Madison did. And he was killing it all year. All year, consistently. Even with that one week that we saw Ridley not even fly out, you know, to England, he's still not even boosted. Um, I don't know if it's more because I think Pitts, you'll have to grab the number for me. I don't have him in front of me. Maybe people are just scared about the Falcons in general is kind of the idea I got there. Um, but I think, you know, Cordero had such a great season. He's one of the surprises from the season. No one expected him to do this, this great. I just expected a couple more boosts for him. Cal Pitts got boosted once. Wow. And you know who boosted him? <laughs> this yeah. guy. Guess what? He had a bad week, so it's fine. There you go. Yep. Once. Yeah. Uh, all right. Another one for me, uh, which is another shock. Uh, overall, actually, is Leonard Fournette. Um, I don't think anyone's talked about Fournette as much as he deserved at all in any kind of format this season. 
you know, we're talking about, and even us, you know, we talk about injuries a lot uh, for running backs this year, and we barely even mentioned um, Lenny. Uh, he was the 32nd ranked boosted player with only boosted 12 times. So even boosted less than, than Madison was. And he's been pretty much starting all year for the best offense, arguably, in the league. So that's that was kind of shocking to me um, overall. He had 700, 778 yards, eight touchdowns, 62 receptions, 421 yards, two TDs. I mean, those are quality numbers. And the fact that he only got boosted 12 times was kind of crazy to me, honestly. Definitely. Um, and he's similar to the guy that I'm going to say after this, but Leonard Fournette, you know, people go to Tampa and then they learn how to like behave right because short story and then I'll stop, but I have to stop right now. Is the reason why I ended up like getting so deep into football, into the football industry was a tweet about Fournette. That's kind of what boosted my entire career here, uh, pushing it in that direction. And it was when I was just on Giants Twitter and there was rumors that Leonard Fournette wanted to come to the Giants. And I was like, stop wishing that upon us like i we want someone that shuts their mouth and plays ball and now looking back it's funny because i literally wish that leonard Fournette was on the new york giants um he's someone that i did draft really heavily and i agree i mean the guy is absolutely balled out he has been a force to like reckon with and you can't stop him he's a beast yeah absolutely i completely agree you know not you know he was basically like he was he was done in, uh, in Jacksonville and kind of like a throwaway and people were just like, okay. And, you know, everyone expected Ronald Jones to, to come and take that, that job and just never materialized. And then you had that, you know, that amazing playoff run uh, when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Tampa just, is think, making me a believer in Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown again. And I never thought that would happen because there was two players. I always had an issue with how they were off the field more than on the field. Uh, but similar to Leonard Fournette, another league winner at this point, probably not winner in case he's hurt, but if you guys haven't caught on, I love James Conner. James Conner was only boosted five times. I, I don't know what everyone needed out of him to towards the end there after Evans got hurt when he really started seeing double the volume, what they needed, because James Conner has dominated at, beyond everyone's expectations. So James Conner at five boosts. Yeah, I just feel like in general, James Conner was just underappreciated uh, this year. So like, kind of the same vein as Fournette, actually. You know, you had the, the you know with even with Edmonds there, he was he was he was a decent back. And with Edmonds being gone, he's really taking over that role and running with it. No pun intended. Uh, but you know, you, you, these guys that not a lot of people are talking about, and like we're we're guilty of that too, uh, especially with all the injuries and stuff. And they they just come in every week and produce. You know, he's, I think Connor's on like seven straight weeks with a touchdown at this point. And that's crazy. That's unheard of for anyone, really. Uh, so it's definitely definitely someone that should have been boosted a lot more. Who was he at 14 even going into last night? I mean, he's he's been doing crazy. fantastic. He's slow. He's, in quotations, injury prone. I think the Steelers didn't use him properly. I think he needed a new environment. Um, obviously, he's maybe injured right now. But even through week eight, right, it, Edmonds got hurt week nine and we'll just do week eight. That's fine. I mean, there was only like a 5.2 point discrepancy between the two of them. So James mm-hmm. Conner was going to be involved. He was producing. Um, and I think that's why he can get that red zone work. And he's, I mean, he's even showing off his receiver skills. Yes. He's slow as hell. We know he's not the quickest guy, but he, he's very talented back. Same with Leonard Fournette. 
I think that that touches on something that, that we've seen a lot more of is that, you know, people, and that includes like me sometimes overrate speed. I think people, people think people are slow. They always look at 40 times and stuff and don't realize, you know, they can be a really good technical player. And it maybe isn't the fastest, like, like James Conner, like James Conner is not going to be, you know, Tyreek Hill speed. He's never going to be that. Uh, right. but, you know, he does all the little things he, he passed. He does great in pass pro, you know, he runs in between tackles. He's great at catching. You know, he runs good rats. It's stuff like that, you know, the, like little things that will get you on the field and give you mm-hmm. the chance to, to get those points. Right. And that's something that we need to remember. It isn't just about speed. Obviously, speed helps. Versatility. That's the that's word of the night. Because he's able to line up. You saw him line up as a wide receiver uh, how many times last night? Yeah, on um, they're able to use him across the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can line up on any, any receiver spot, your slot or, or outside. They line up a he couple was like, times oh, with that one hand catch. That, that was, was crazy. Sweet. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. That's what Ingram wishes he was. Ingram wishes that he was James Conner. He does. I think everyone wishes that Ingram was James Conner. <laughs> honestly. Especially Giants fans. Yeah. So a couple more uh, to talk about. Uh, Taysom Hill, uh, someone I boosted 20, he was 25th most boosted, boosted 21 times, which was um, a ton, I think, for him. I think people are expecting you know, some like Konami type numbers. And he had you know, a couple games like that, but he only really had like one or two really big games um, total. So I think that he was a little overboosted uh, based on, on his name and what they expected over what they got. I wouldn't be surprised if it was all from last week. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's what I expected. A lot of it was from last week when he had that, that, that game. Uh, is there any more that you want to talk about? Uh, we do Jalen Hurts. 57. I think that's a great call, right? Uh, Jalen Hurts, I wasn't as high on as everyone else. I still didn't have him ranked totally inappropriate. Just thought that maybe it would be the Eagles impacting him more than anything. But Jalen Hurts has proved me absolutely wrong, and he deserved to be boosted even more than that. Agreed. I think that um, even even myself as 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 an Eagles fan, like I was, it was interesting. I didn't expect. I didn't expect, like I was waiting and seeing what kind of um, year he was going to have with the new offensive system and new coaching staff and, you know, being the guy. Um, and while he hasn't done uh, as well as I would have liked, probably like in real football and fantasy, he's, he's absolutely killed it. Uh, yeah. You know, top 10 uh, QB uh, for the year. Um, he's going to be coming back uh, this week from the injury. So hopefully we see more of that uh, in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. And the last one I want to talk about uh, is the number one guy. Uh, Cooper Cup. <laughs> Cooper Cup has been boosted 197 times. He's had 113 catches for 1,489 yards and 12 touchdowns, which is a good season. And we're only, we haven't even started the fantasy playoffs yet. This guy has scored less than 22 points three times this year. Every other time has scored at least 22. He has a 40 point game, a couple 30 points. It's just, it is my biggest probably miss the fact that I hepped up. I thought this was going to be Bobby Tree's kind of year. And obviously he just took that and burned it and then threw it away. That's what Cooper Cup did to that take. He absolutely annihilated it. So yeah. I, it, no one, you know, saw it coming. And I was going through some of my previous drafts. He, people were getting him in like the fourth, fifth, sixth round. And he's going to be a league winner. Like you basically, if you have him, you're in the playoffs. Like there's no other way. Right. Like, so it's just, it's insane to me, you know, just looking through the kind of, like you, you see like, you know, he has, he's leading the league in all these categories, but then like going game by game and just seeing the amount of points he's putting up 
it's just ridiculous. Right. And ironically, as I'll do my hot take here of who I think is going to follow actually that path and was only boosted twice is Hunter Renfro. Um, he Whoa. moving this forward. This is a Hunter Renfro show. <laughs> what? This is a Hunter Renfro show. It's we a Hunter Renfro show. Um, I think Hunter Renfro is on that path. Uh, he is someone that flew very under the radar. I mean, he hasn't had under, he's, his yardage is absurd. And the best part about him, he's not touchdown dependent. I mean, he's sitting so freaking pretty at wide receiver 12, and that's just through right now. And he doesn't need the touchdowns because he he gets the volume. He has a connection. He's such a good route runner. He's so – I love Hunter Renfro, and I wish I had more than more of him. Yeah. Hunter Renfro is literally responsible for me being in the playoffs in like half my leagues. Yeah. He only, like you said, he's not touchdown dependent. He only has five touchdowns on the year. He has no games with multiple touchdowns. But he's getting those, like, he's getting the catches and he's getting the yards. You know, he's had 21-plus point games the past three games against... He hasn't scored a touchdown since week 10. Yeah. Right? Well, he had one last week, but prior to that. Oh, yeah. Prior to that, it was week 10. Yeah, Kansas City. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, He's had games, you know, he's gone, like, two games, two games, three games with no touchdowns. And yet he's still putting up, you know, these these kind of games. And, you know, to to have that kind of production and with, you know, with Waller being... Injured and Ruggs no longer being there, like he's pretty much being the guy now, uh, pass catching wise in that offense. And and the route he had uh, last week was fantastic, where he just completely destroyed that guy on that on that uh, inside out route. But it's funny enough that it's the same route he won the national title with. So, but yeah, yes. I'm probably... it's funny because I feel like he's one of those guys, and I love this when they're very humble off the field and on the field, like. You get emotion out of him, but not really. Like, he's just, yeah. like, on the field. Like, I'm Hunter Renfro. I'm going to just go <laughs> out there and get 160-something yards. I'm not even going to get a touchdown, but I'm going to yep. finish wide receiver one on the mm-hmm. lead. Like, he's just that guy. It just doesn't matter. He's fine. Yeah. I'm going to break your ankles and just be like, oh, thanks. Have a nice day. Yeah. He, he just puts the ball week. down and walks away. Like, it doesn't yep. even matter to him. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, I love him. I love him so much. But that'll do it. On that note, uh, that'll do it for uh, – this edition of Everyday is Draft Day. I hope you all had a wonderful time. Thank you for people that commented with your questions. Uh, Steph, you want to tell everyone uh, any, what's going on in uh, Steph land? Yes, in Steph land, I'm doing Everyday is No, uh, all my stuff is at Champions Round. Uh, Eagle Day and FF will actually be on our Start Set Q&A that we do on Thursdays because Jason will be able to make it. Find me on Twitter at EagleDanFF. I actually have some TikTok videos up now, so that's fun. Uh, you can find my articles, uh, which one will be coming out tomorrow, the waiver article. Uh, then we have the season, uh, the season, the week preview, and Wednesday, which will be our my new uh, segment, which is give the people what they want. Basically, I go on Twitter, ask people what they want me to write about, and they write about it. So oh, then, I can submit my. I'm going to make a burner just so I can submit what I want. You do that. You make a burner just to submit something. Awesome. And also be sure to check out, uh, Steph actually did uh, Smalls Talks Balls yesterday with, uh, with Jeff, and that was an awesome social. Check that out. All right. Uh, that'll be it. Everyone have a wonderful week. Good luck, uh, everyone. Good luck in the playoffs, unless I'm facing you, in which case I hope you fail miserably. 
<laughs> See ya. Have a good week.